This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's time to start the podcast. It's time to hit the mics. It's time to start the podcast with Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs. Welcome to episode 15, Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs. Yeah. Whoa. I've listened back to other podcasts. We start the damn thing the same way every time, right? It's like I give the episode number, we clap a little bit, and then we start to stagger after that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, players on the show today, the normal people are here. We got me, I'm Moon. Uh, we got my wife, that's P-Jug. We got Hobbs from St. Paul, uh, Minnesota, right over there. And uh, and today we have a special guest. We've been having a lot of guests. Oh my God, who was last week? We had a neurologist, right? We talked about what does a brain feel like? If you like reached into someone's cranium, if you're doing surgery, what would it feel like? And he said, very gelatinous. Okay. <laughs> and then he talked about, you know, brains have creases and dents and they, and they feel like jello. And that's the kind of quality content you get on Moon Pea Jug and Hobbs. Okay. And we've had Dave Dahl on. We've had uh, guys with no legs. We had our favorite autistic weatherman, Frankie McDonald. You know, whenever there's uh, someone that needs to tell their story, uh, we find them. And today, Let's uh, welcome uh, my former radio producer. Uh, it's Keith from Bubbly Paws. Yeah, Yay. Keith from Bubbly Paws. Keith. I have missed welcome, you welcome. so much. I mean, I know we text back and forth, and you keep threatening to have a cigar with me, and it never <laughs> seems to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many years do we work together? At least four or five, right? You know, I, I was trying to think about that today, and I actually remember the first time I met you. We, you, we flew me in town to Minneapolis. And then you were driving me around and you're like, I think you thought I was gay at the time. <laughs> you got lost and you're like, look at this parade that's going on. It just happened to be the gay pride parade. I remember and that. you drove almost into the parade. And <laughs> since then, it's been a happy marriage between you and I. Yeah. And then I was actually in Keith's wedding and they went to this beautiful uh, place in Wisconsin. What's the name of that joint? Oh, what is it? it? It was right next to the racetrack. So, you know, it's classy. Yeah. And it was the Ostop <laughs> in uh, beautiful Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. So oh, there you yeah. go. get married and watch a speed race at the same time. How about that? Look uh, at that. I, I remember the tux I wore. God, I look good. I see those pictures once in a while. You scan through the, you know, the pictures on your phone or maybe on your desktop or whatever. And I see these pictures of uh, at Keith's wedding. Uh, there was a DJ who was really good at it, as a matter of fact. And Stacy and I were dancing. Uh, I don't know. Was there free booze that night or what was going on? 
I think there was, but I remember I was so nervous about you forgetting your tux. I actually brought it <laughs> because, hey, PJ, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yes, <laughs> you know? I do. Very well, Keith. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm like, if I don't bring this tux, there is no way he's going to remember it. And he's going to be up there like mm-hmm. in jeans and a t-shirt and I'm going to get yelled at. I remember mm-hmm. very well. I had uh, printed out my MapQuest directions. Remember MapQuest? <laughs> Right. Because it's been a number of years, you know, that was way before Google Maps or whatever. And I get lost on the way to this resort. And then I got to call Stacy and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, all I see is trees. Am I close? She goes, there's trees everywhere in Wisconsin. Right. (laughs) Now that you guys have exited the radio business and went into the uh, canine love business, if you will. Can we not uh, call it canine love? Oh, wait, clarify. sounds really creepy. Yeah. That's a different podcast. Dog lovers, maybe. I get you're into the. You love dogs. You've always loved dogs. Yeah, you know it was weird. We there was one day we're just like, you know what? I, I was getting tired. I mean, I loved working with you. Like we got to put that out there. Like, and I loved you guys, but it was just we just needed to do something else. And so we, yeah, we started a doggy daycare. Now we have a dog wash, and yeah, we can talk dogs all day if you want. Well, and I got on your website, and I see that there's not just one bubbly paws, and that's the one on Grand. That was the original, right? Mm-hmm. No, that's actually the second one. The first one was in St. Louis Park. And then Ooh, that's, oh, right. Okay. that's right. Yeah, I remember that. And then now you have four locations. And how many dogs can stay overnight at one time? Because I know you got webcams for the owners and all that. Yeah. So at our daycare, we have about 115 dogs a day. Oh, man. That's, that's huge. Right. That so is amazing. How many people does it take to take care of that? You know, a 115, lot. a lot. <laughs> I mean, hey, you guys can all have a job for us. Let's just say that. Um, no, I mean, at the daycare, we staff about seven to eight people at a time. And then at the dog wash, you know, we've got a couple of groomers, a couple of front desk people. So, yeah, it's kind of a it's a fun little dog thing. It's a big organization, that sounds like. I think a lot of it, like we modeled it after KS when we were there, just we wanted to always give back too. So it's not just, we're not just money hungry business people, but it's, you know, we give back to different rescue groups. We give back to different things. And that's always been important. Just taking care of staff, just like, you know, you and I were taken care of. Yep. It makes a big difference. And Hobbs. And Hobbs. Well, well and Hobbs. And, yeah, they, they uh, took care of me. Too. <laughs> On the way out. That's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, for another day. You know, our dog Ritz is a service dog, and uh, Ritz has made the trip down there to Bubbly Paws on Grand. And then uh, earlier today, we're talking to my stepdaughter, P. Jug's daughter, Danielle, and uh, they live in St. Paul, not far from Bubbly Paws. And so they're a client of yours that you don't even know, and their dog's massive. What kind of a dog is, uh, what's his name? What's the dog's name? Do you remember the dog's name? Odie? Not Odie. Let's play guess that dog name. Okay, give me a hint. Give a wheel to spin the wheel. Let's go. What's the dog's name? Do you remember? It's yes. Your, it's your grand dog. Yeah, my grand dog. You're not going to get invited to the dog birthday party. You're not going to get a I'll biscuit about when it. you come. In a weird enough way, we actually just did a doggy wedding fair. It, so the girl that organized it, and bless her, like her full-time job is she is a dog's wedding attendant at your wedding. So like, let's say you want to get married and you want to have yes. Ritz in your wedding. Yeah. She will come and hold Ritz for the entire ceremony, take pictures of Ritz, and then make sure he's taken care of the entire day. And that's her full-time job. Wow, um, that's crazy. So then she approached us. She's like, what do you think about a doggy wedding fair? I'm like, well, that's dumb. But, you know, let's do it. 
hey, we've done it three times now. And it's the weirdest, most cool event. But it's like everybody that's getting married brings their dog and you just check out like every dog friendly, like wedding, everything. So like you want like a dog friendly wedding DJ, he's there. You know, it was just the weirdest event. We did it about a month ago just because of COVID. And we're like, this is so weird. Like the first year we did, we're like, this is either going to really take off or it's going to be the four of us standing at a bar drinking. Now, for COVID, everybody mm-hmm. stayed home. Nobody went anywhere, didn't go to their jobs or whatever. I bet you nobody uh, really was going to take you, you know, their, their pet to bubbly paws because they were afraid of COVID. And did you have any experience or even hear of a case of a dog getting COVID because animals do? Right as COVID hit, we actually had our second baby. So we were standing in the delivery room deciding, hey, are we keeping our stores open or are we closing? And then we're talking to the doctors and nurses. We're like, so what's the risk for our staff? What can happen? Um, you know, Then we found out down the line that, okay, dogs can test positive, but you can't catch it from a dog, if that makes sense. So like, like Ritz could be a carrier, he could have it, but you're not going to catch COVID from Ritz. That's good because she licks me in the face. You know, <laughs> you said that so serious. Too. <laughs> Let me tell you about my dog, Ritz. I'll just give you a little background because people don't know my dog that listen to Moon, Pea, Jug, and Hobbs. But uh, I didn't want a dog. I'd had dogs on and off my whole life. But one time I had a dog that uh, got cancer and eventually passed. I didn't have a dog for a period of time. And I thought, wow, we don't have to go for walks. Wow, I don't have to shovel the poop. You know, wow, I don't have fur all over everything. Wow. And I started seeing these things that were a lot less maintenance because if you have a dog, it's like having a family member. You got to feed them. You got to make sure they're medically taken care of. You got to, you know, brush them and get their toes done and all that. Somebody that had MS had a service animal and they kept pestering me. And we'd go to these events and they'd say, uh, her name is Beth, and, and she's like, you really need to look into this. I'm like, eh. Anyway, she talked me into it. I went to a place called Can Do Canines. They do the most amazing work with animals. It's just unreal. There was a black lab. They said that it went through, you know, the early uh, puppy training and then later to a prison, trained at the prison, and then further uh, was uh, then what they call finished trained where they actually specialize in a disability to train the dog to match you. And uh, there had been a guy, I guess, that got too sick to care for his dog, Ritz. And he had a lot of mobility issues like I do. So that's why we were such a good match. And anyway, they said, okay, if you like the dog, the dog likes you and you're a match, then we got to train. And you know how well I take instructions. It's never good. (laughs) Right. So anyway, then for an hour and a half, uh, two times a week. So three hours of training for three months, we would uh, go and I would uh, learn how to walk the dog and not run over it with a wheelchair, you know, uh, to tell the dog which direction I was going to turn. We would go to restaurants and I would say Ritz under she would go under the table and she would lie down. Then she'd say, drop your sandwich and tell her, leave it. So I would drop my sandwich right in front of her face underneath the table. I'd say, leave it. This dog wouldn't eat the sandwich, man. I mean, it was unreal. So uh, I got a 52 page owner's manual that I read on a cruise ship. Okay. While we were on a cruise, I spent a couple of days 
reading this dog manual. And the uh, it you took know, you a couple days <laughs> to read it. It took me a couple <laughs> days. It, it took him ten minutes, really. I'm like, it's uh, fifty-two pages. It's not a novel, but okay, go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, think about how often I read. Yeah. There, well, there is that. <laughs> I could be illiterate and not even know it. Uh, but here's the deal: I came back. We were teamed. It was a wonderful relationship. There were some struggles getting the dog into the office because of rules like, uh, you know, dog allergies, dog bites, who's going to clean up the poop, where's the water in the food bowl going to be. You can only take her out during commercial breaks, which are six minutes and it takes me that long to get myself out. So, I mean, you know, there were some hills to climb, but she went to work with me for a couple of years. Uh, every single day, I, you know, they told me if we hear that dog on the air, that's it. We're not going to have the dog come back. Uh And I said, fine. First day, I put Ritz into what they call the mat position, which he comes down and you tell her mat. She'll lie on her mat and she'll go to sleep. Okay. Uh, Take the dog in. When we go on the air at 2 o'clock, our first commercial breaks at 2.20. The dog's already asleep. Well, we do endorsement commercials where we read stuff for live, you know, for clients. The very first live commercial, Ritz was dreaming and she's going all the way through the whole commercial. Right? And I'm thinking, here we go. Day one, 20 minutes in, I'm in the office already. Uh, let's fast forward a ways. So at the station, I would always call Ritz my working dog. So whenever I talked about it, I said, Ritz, she's a working dog. And then eventually listeners would start saying that about their dogs. It's a working dog, Right. Uh, there was a guy that was listening to the show that sent me an email and he said, I believe I owned your dog before you did. I'm thinking, really? And uh, the guy said, I had a dog whose name was Rich. I got her at Candu Canine. She was part of the R litter. Whenever there's a litter, they name all the dogs with one letter, so on and so forth. I really would like to know if that's the dog. And if so, is there any chance I could see her? And he explained to me how his disability became so bad he couldn't take care of Ritz. He took a flu vaccine, a flu vaccine, and developed transverse myelitis. He is now a quadriplegic, okay, from a flu vaccine. Don't tell people that. Oh, my God, no one's going to get a vaccine again. Jeez. (laughs) Quadriplegic, you're making making everybody's (laughs) argument right now for not getting a vaccine. Go on, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> so that, that happens in one out of every 3 million flu vaccines. Okay. So the odds are very, very low, but it happened. You know, he said, can I meet the dog or see the dog? And I said, well, where do you live? Turns out he's a couple of miles from Lakeville. So I get my buddy, Scotty McGonigal. Scotty McGonigal uh, takes care of my dog whenever I can't, like if we go out of town or something comes up or I have to go to a doctor. Uh, but anyway, Scotty comes down, we load Ritz in the van, off we go to the guy's house. He's got ramps, he's got all set up, you know, for disability stuff. And the dog recognizes him immediately. Okay. And it was like they were reunited for a few seconds. Uh, and then after that, I told Ritz to, you know, Hey, you're mine. Come over here. Don't get too comfortable. Come with my face. That's what I like. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, he tells the story of the flu shot to me and how Ritz, you know, they couldn't care for him anymore. And he said, I know this seems like a really sad story, but there is one positive from this whole thing. And I said, what could that 
possibly be? He said, I didn't get the flu. (laughs) You know what? He didn't. There you go. Dogs names, Keith, since you have to take care of 115 dogs a day at multiple locations. Okay. Have you ever ran into some really awesome names? We've had a tater. We we have food categories. So we have a bananas, a waffles, a tater tot. Not so much the names, but it's like the things that they've done. Like, you know, we had, not going to say their name, but it was one of the wild players. He's been traded about uh, six years ago. Okay. Okay. Well, if he's not on the market anymore, go ahead. No, it was, it was Clutterbuck. um, Clutterbuck. He had two little like mini bulldogs. And we've got little luxury suites that they would stay in overnight. So they've got webcams. The owners can watch them. And I remember a text from one of our employees one of the mornings. She's like, yeah, I found this in in Clutterbuck's dog's bed. And it's like a picture of this big old black lacy thong. And she's like, what do I do with it? And so he was (laughs) chewing on it? Like the dog had like stuffed it in there. And like we asked the mom, she's like, oh yeah, the dog takes, you know, the dog's name was Siri as in Siri Cruz. And the dog would like steal the mom's underwear and like bury it in the bed. <laughs> and, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, like, do you want this? That's dog? crazy. This is really weird. Like do you want him back? Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm like, no, we can't look at you the same way anymore. <laughs> and that was not the first time Keith had told, you know, Trish about some foreign underwear story. Right. I'm just using that as an excuse. So that's right. But yeah, no, I mean, sometimes I feel like some of our stores are like a reality show just waiting to happen. You know, let's do it. Let's do it. You you think I'm kidding, but you know, we've got like pet parents behaving badly. That would be a good one. People are nuts about their pets. I mean, people have no boundaries. They're, they're, They're more reserved with their children than they are with their pets. We had one of our customers come in. She's like, you know, if I could breastfeed my dog, I would. Like it was creepy. Like the thing is, I feel like when you own pet businesses, people want to tell you weird stuff like that. And I can't, that's like an average day, you know, <laughs> that was also at the St. Paul store. So if you're from St. Paul, that's why we think people live there. Uh, yeah, I'm from St. Paul, but I have never breastfed a dog. Just so you know, I want to go right on the record. Never occurred yeah. to me, but you know what? If the lady can make, if the lady can be a dog wedding attendant, why not a dog wet nurse? <laughs> just there's another job. You need to make a couple. Well, yeah, if the whole podcasting doesn't work out for you guys, I mean, you can do doggy wedding. And what does it cost for like a doggy wedding consultant? I don't know. I mean, you're ordained. I mean, you could marry him, right? <laughs> I am. That's right. You I are. am an ordained minister, and this is the dumbest way that you can become a minister, but. There's a church out in California on the web. It's a, it's, I think it's called the Unification Church. I happen to have my certification right here. Uh, you sign up for five bucks or 10 bucks. You get a letter and it looks official or whatever. And so I went to use my certification as a ordained minister one time. And it was for a radio promotion where we gave away a wedding, which was big money, really. It was well over 20 grand. We were going to give away a wedding at the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Because that's classy. Because there you go. Very classy. Who wouldn't want to go there? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, a lot of people wanted to win. And uh, the winning couple then did go to the Dells. I went to the Dells as well. They had a ceremony. So they're at a water park and all the formal wedding again. This girl had a train that was like 25 yards long. It was huge. It was really well done, right? Uh, But then after they got married... 
you know, they would go down the water slides in the huge wedding dress. And then it was great photo ops for both the Kalahari Resort. And, you know, they had a bunch of social media stuff they could do. But come to find out that the only thing I couldn't do as far as the legal part of their ceremony was actually name them as husband and wife. So I did all the pregame show. And then there's a uh, justice of the peace standing on the sidelines. And he said, by the power vested in me, from the state of Wisconsin, I now pronounce so and so and so and forth. And then I find out I can't do that in Minnesota. It's not supposed to be legal here. So I only used it once, but it was probably worth the 10 bucks I spent. I got a story out of it. It seems like there's a hole in this story, though, because I am also ordained and I've, and I've done a wedding and uh, yes. yeah, and it's filed and it's legal. Yeah, in Minnesota. Yeah. Now, maybe you weren't well, ordained in Wisconsin. Is oh, that why wow. they wouldn't let you do it? I don't know if there's another state that consumes more booze than Wisconsin. Is there really? They have the highest rate of beer consumption in the country. Continental United States, yeah. Per capita, yeah. Wow. For sure. The last time you had a beer peak jug, what was it? Um, I like Stella. You've been handing those out. Is that expensive? All of our friends that come over get the Stella. Yeah. And then uh, Hobbs, what do you drink? You know, I kind of like if I'm going to do beer, I will usually do that if I'm at a brewery. I like a I like a craft. I like an IPA, a very hoppy IPA. And since I'm probably only going to have two, I just look, okay, what's got the highest alcohol alcohol per volume? And I ordered like two of those. <laughs> and that's it. I was over in Spain at the Olympics and a guy that I was with was drinking these beers. And in Barcelona, Spain, they had beer, I believe that was, what was it? 21%. Oh. I mean, it was massive. Oh my compared gosh, to, that's crazy. Yeah, compared to American beer, that's yeah. way deep. And You're getting then, it done. Uh, Keith, are you a beer drinker or are you not drinking? I am. What is that? Last week I just had the uh, the Fulton uh, Lonely Blonde, but with the hint of uh, strawberry in it. That was actually Ooh. Oh, that not a big good. fruity beer, but it was actually it was actually really good. Fulton's got back some in good my stuff. drinking days, which was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> back in my drinking days, uh, two stories about beer. Uh, we've all been to an old Chicago restaurant, probably. They have multiple kinds of beer. At Hamden and Wadsworth location in Denver, I drank every beer on the menu, which was like 115 beers. And because I did that, I got into the Hall of Foam, not the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Foam. <laughs> and so I'm in the Hall of Foam at that location two times. So that's right, 230 beers right there or whatever, right? Oh, and my I, God. And then one time I went up to Golden to the Coors Brewery. And if you've never taken a tour of a brewery, it's about a couple hours or whatever. And they show you the process of how beer is produced. Hmm, especially that'd be fun. On, yeah. I mean, it's educational. Yeah. Uh, that'd be good. At the end of the tour, they will give you two coupons for two beers because they legally can't do more than that. Okay. So you get two beers, you can have a Coors Light, you can have a whatever they have. But then they said, does anybody in this room drink more than a six pack a week? And my hand went up immediately. And uh, they said, uh, anybody else? And uh, a couple other people said, yeah, we have a six-pack a week. So they drag us into a room, and they're all partitioned. And they have a, a stack of crackers. And then they put a beer right next to the stack of crackers with a scorecard. And they would have a sample the beer, and then we would give it a score. And... You know, I would always say, God, you know, I can't really decide about the flavor of this one. Can you refill it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I just have to keep refilling these sample beers. 
<laughs> and by the end of the day, it I am blasted. I am hammered, right? And I found out later it was the final taste test for Sam Adams. Oh, and that's where Sam Adams uh, beer has been produced. So I actually oh. drank Sam Adams before anybody else in the country. It hadn't been uh, marketed or uh, uh, shipped yet. Never heard that story. I was going to say, this is the new drinking story we haven't heard. (laughs) I was going to say, power down, a story we haven't heard. Yes. (laughs) I think we need to institute here on Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs a rule, because we have a rule at our fire pit. If I start to tell a story that you have heard, you have to say, ding. Okay? Ding. So, so yeah. So, if if I tell a story you've already heard, say, ding. Okay? And don't just ding, ding, ding me either. Because, yeah. oh, I wanted to ask you too. There's some rumor that you might be starting franchising Bubbly Paws. I don't know if I saw yeah. it on social media or what's that about. No, that's true. Um, so, yeah, we've been working on it for like a year. So, right as COVID hit, the state closed us for seven weeks. And, you know, when you've got a newborn, you've got nothing but time on your hands. So, you're like, let's think about franchising things. And, yeah, we just launched that. What is it? like three weeks ago now, which it's kind of, it's, it's been fun. It's been That's very That's exciting. Very good. And we're trying to be very, everything that, when you think of franchises, we're trying to be everything that it's not, you know, like we don't want cookie cutter. We don't want everything the same. We want like the same personal everything, which yeah, we've been trying hard to do that. <laughs> when you're your spokesperson, we're going to put you at the store. You're here at the Walmart greeter. Like you can greet people as they come in. Like I could do that. Hey, That'd welcome to Bumpy Paws, and you can just talk to him for twenty minutes, and you know, you were going to say twenty. So, so you want him to have a brief I, I conversation with strangers? I, I mean, I totally <laughs> qualify. I love it. There you go. I always wondered, you know, what would I do if I wasn't on the radio anymore? And uh, you know, Keith, when he was working for me, he's like, "I have the perfect idea. Uh, you could do a morning show." Uh, at a nursing home. Yes, I remember this. Kner, K-N-U-R, right? So yeah. I would I would wake the residents up in the morning. Right? <laughs> they get up early because they go to bed at six o'clock at night, you know. And uh, and I went to um, Florida many times, and they have the largest retirement city, if you will. It's called the Villages. The population of this fifty-five plus community is well into the 200,000s now. They're building, I had heard like 200 houses a month and they're just, the place is blowing up. It's and crazy. And they have their own radio station. However, it's not Kner. And also as a 55 plus community, they're the one you've heard about as having the highest rate of sexually transmitted diseases in America. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because when you are old, you want to have a couple more rounds, don't you, before you pass? <laughs> oh, shut up. Well, think about it. All those widowers. <laughs> this is honest to God truth, okay? Because I did radio for so long. All I needed was my headphones plugged in and a mic, right? Like when I was in Houston, I did the morning show. And I would actually stay in the parking garage so I could listen to the news on another radio station to see if anything big was going on. I, we went on the air at 5.30. I got in the elevator at 5.27. I would ride up. The producer would have my headphones plugged in and a cup of coffee with two sugars and one cream. 
I walked in, we hit the mic, and that was the way it was. And so I thought I could do that when I moved to Minneapolis, right? So they said, when do you, uh, you know, what are you going to do? And I said, I do all my prep the night before. I'm a hardcore prep guy. I, that's all I do. And uh, when I get here, I'm ready to go. So I can, you know, just whatever. And he goes, well, as long as you get your work done, you know, come in wherever you want. So it would be 158.50 and I'm walking in the door, right? And eventually they said, you got to be at 130. So then I was for a couple of days. Then it was 135. Then it was 140. And then pretty soon I'm late. And then I end up in the boss's office again. And he said, you know something? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to fine you $100 a minute for every minute you don't come in after 130. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's kind of harsh. Uh, I said, okay, I'll, I'll abide and, and agree to that. I said, but I get 14 or 16 weeks vacation now too. And they said, well, what are you talking about? And I says, well, if you can just bring anything in on a contractual agreement at any time and just kind of throw it in there, like fines for being late, why not add a little vacay, right? <laughs> and then that was a longer meeting again. So anyway, <laughs> I love it. That, well, if Hobbs or I were to say something like that, we would be out on the street. But the thing is, you can get away with that. For me, a lot of it was playful. If you take a look at it, the relationship I had with the Hubbard Broadcasting Group was freaking amazing. And think of all those places I worked in. Nowhere uh, was the people taking care of as well. I mean, it was a great group. And, you know, at one point in time, uh, I just found out, by the way, that they own a podcast network. I think it's Podcast One, where at least a 30% share in that. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, why isn't Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs on, you know, the Hubbard's network? Well, the whole thing started because Tom Bernard wanted me to fill in on Fridays because Tom's podcast is Monday through Thursday. They had an empty slot. They said, you got stuff to talk about. Go for it. Right. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, but, you know, as far as going with the Hubbards on a podcast, they now have something called Pod MN. And what it is, it's local Minnesota podcast. And you have to be from Minnesota. It's got to be about Minnesota or it's not on there. And I'm thinking, okay, sweet. Why don't we get Moon P. Jug and Hobbs on Pod MN through the Hubbards? And, uh, you know, it'll just be another way where people can find us. Uh, and we have no idea, by the way, still to this day, how many people tune into this thing every Friday. I mean, there were some early indications that, uh, you know, the numbers were in the you know thousands of downloads, but that doesn't count the listens on Spotify, iHeart, Apple Music. Uh, we did get some information finding out that most people listening to Moon P. Jung and Hobbs do download it and listen to it on an iPhone. And I mean, people are very loyal to their iPhone downloads. We were talking about franchising. Keith, I tried to buy two different franchises uh, when I lived in Texas. And here's the first one. Uh, the first one was called Smoothie King. Okay, and Smoothie King is like an Orange Julius kind of business, but they're all filled with power uh, powders and things like that. Moon, you tried to buy into a franchise that was based in nutrition. Go on. <laughs> no wonder it didn't work. Uh, but anyway, we were going to put up these Smoothie King stores right next to the baseball field that was being built, and it was on a light rail, and it would have been a money. It would have been a lot of money. Uh, but the guy decided rather than be partners, he was just going to spend the money on the franchise himself. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that didn't work. Uh, so then I thought, well, what else do I love? Cause I love Smoothie King. 
I love Chick-fil-A. So I went on Chick-fil-A.com and I looked at their investors or, uh, you know, franchising link. And I started doing research. Do you know how much money it costs for a Chick-fil-A franchise? What do you think? 200000 I'm going to go with 650000 uh, $500,000. $5,000. Now, I don't know if it's changed since I did it, but it was 5000 And here's the thing. You have to be an owner-operator. You can't hire someone to run your Chick-fil-A or just hire a bunch of employees. You're going to be there. And for five grand, you can get in, but then you have to agree to tithe to the church. And that's the percentage that, you know, they help you with. Their marketing is brilliant. So it works. Do you know that you can buy their yeah. sauce now? Like, oh, yeah, I saw the that. oh, that's what yeah. I want. I've been craving that. I remember when, because you and I moved here right around the same time. Yep. And I remember like we were both craving Chick-fil-A. So we found the only one on the U of M campus. Right. And we were like the two weird old men at like the student <laughs> union we lunch there with like all the college kids. And I felt super <laughs> out of place. But, you know, as a child, Keith had an interesting upbringing as his mother was a producer for WGN television in Chicago, which no is way. a big deal. They also had uh, specialty programs like the Bozo Show. And his mom worked a lot on the Bozo Show. And so if you go back in the reruns, and you watch these shows on YouTube or whatever, there's Keith in the front row at almost every single episode for his entire childhood. The thing is, if you watch like Monday through Friday, I never moved and I had the same clothes on every single day. <laughs> and it was the weirdest bring, upbringing, but you know what? It was so cool and I loved it. Is your mom still in the TV business or what? No, now they're both retired. They want to open a dog wash and I don't want to do business with family. But... <laughs> So um, you're right. gonna? Oh my god! Here we go. That's not a good idea. This is good for season two of the reality show about the dog grooming. Then the parents want to get in, and now there's tension. You know what I'm saying? It's like a Kardashian type deal. Like they want to get into the franchise. Now we've got some conflict. We've already established the the lady who wants to breastfeed the dogs, and the lady who's the dog attendant at the wedding. And then season two, we escalate. I have had many ideas for television shows that I actually pitched to my employer to try to get them produced. There was one you had that you, God, what was it? Dating with Dogs was one of my ideas. I thought it would be a reality with show dogs. with people and their dogs. That one's okay? not bad. And then I did another idea for one called The One. Uh, the One I wanted to air on Channel 45. And what it would be is a local version of like the bachelorette but what you do is you would have interaction with the audience as the thing aired so you could actually post things that other viewers could watch commenting on you know what's going on in that specific episode and then i started working with a computer genius named rich to try and come up with a way that if a text did uh, you know get to the television station how could you block it from being profane? Because people, you know what people would do. They would send something trying to sneak it through. That's why, you know, we had eight second delays on, you know, radio broadcasts and stuff like that. Uh, and you think about the sponsorships on a local bachelorette kind of a show. You would have, you know, limo companies. You could have restaurants. You could have, you know, uh, the science museum or wherever they go on their little dates. And, uh, you know, you could have some seedy hotel for the, 
steamy, uh, you know, uh, relationship. Ew. What's the one they have in The Bachelor when they they they, oh, go, the they go to the they go to the, the fantasy, fantasy suite? suite. Yes. Yeah. Where are you going to send them like the gopher in off a off a <laughs> like over by the U? I'm just like it's super low rent. Like your key is metal. Like that's how old it is. Like it's still got the tag and it's an actual metal key. Yeah. Like here you go. It's like next to yeah. a truck stop or something. That's like they do at the gas stations. That's not a bad one though. I swear to God, you had something about nurses no, and, and like think- you were like gonna. It was something. It was something about like 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 getting people together based on their diagnosis. Does that sound familiar? It was something like oh, it was like a, yeah, it was yeah. like a dis- it was like a disease Absolutely. finder for dating. Like you've got you, I've got no yeah. arms. You've got no legs. Let's you know together. <laughs> you complete me. You know it was something like that. I swear to God. Oh, Hobbs. <laughs> that is a great idea. Uh, and, you know, who knows what people will watch? Did you see the Emmy Awards uh, just were announced a couple days ago? Uh, the show that we've talked about on Moon, uh, P. Jug, and Hobbs, uh, the show called Hacks. Uh, the mm-hmm. lead oh, actress I love that show. got, I believe, 15 nominations. Yeah, that's great. There is a new app called Swimply, and you can actually rent a stranger swimming pool. Right. So you mm-hmm. get on Swimply and you look at, a, you know, a place that you want to go to and you can rent the place just like an Airbnb, only it's a pool for a day. Now, that would make part of your payments because pools aren't cheap in the summertime. If, if you have a pool, you may not be using it four days a week. Why not rent it out the other four? But then there's always a constant party at your house. And I'm sure there's insurance risk. Well, I've got a I've got a pool at my place, but, you know, good luck getting past our front desk guy i mean like if you don't have he doesn't let anybody in he's like brutal about it like uh i need to see a key card i need to see some kind of identification how would you do that like how would you hand that off it's kind of hard for me to go swimming in my wheelchair (laughs) (laughs) oh by the way you'll never believe it you guys guess who's back deb from nebraska we want you to remember if you want to reach the show Moon P Jug Hobbs at gmail.com. There's no and Hobbs like everything else. I, I messed that up when I started it. Moon P Jug Hobbs at gmail.com. And that's where Deb from Nebraska sends these jokes, uh, like this one Fishing and girlfriends are exactly alike. There may be plenty of fish in the sea, but until I find one, I'm stuck here holding my rod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Thanks, Deb. And I got really nervous the other day. I was going into the doctor for my prostate exam, and all of a sudden I thought, oh, man, where do I put my pants? So I asked the doctor. He said, right next to mine. You know something? We've had a lot of fun talking to Keith from Bubbly Paws, four different locations. Uh, You know, if you want to buy a franchise, you probably can. If you want great care for your dog and a happy place for it to go, uh, try any of their locations. Not that I'm doing an endorsement or anything, but I am. I was going to say, how much do we have to pay you for this? (laughs) Zero. (laughs) This is a non-rev podcast. We got nothing coming in and nothing going out. Are you always going to be staying here in Minnesota? If you get a franchise in like uh, Santa Barbara or somewhere really cool, would you ever consider moving or what? We've both grown to love Minnesota. I'm not going to say no if somebody wants to start something like Arizona, Florida, Texas. Heck, we even hooked that one up for free. But yeah, there you go. (laughs) So yeah, you guys, you're interested. Come on, Hobbs, let's do it. Come on, Hobbs. Come on, Hobbs. You can do your comedy too. 
Oh, yeah, you can do comedy for dogs. Yeah. They don't care. Comedy, yeah. comedy for dogs. Perfect. I've actually done comedy with dogs in the room before, and they they like me. You know, <laughs> I, I, I I feel that. Do you have? Do you do weddings? Hobbs for dogs. Weddings for dogs. She does now. Not yet. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that, Hobbs. I can see it. Make sure you like and share this podcast. You can find us on Apple. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, the Tom Bernard Network. That's a great place. That's where it all started. Keith, Hobbs, P. Jug, love y'all. We'll see you next week. It's time to end the podcast. It's time to shut off the mics. It's time to end the podcast to get a thousand likes. You need to share this podcast with friends in cars or bikes. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. Why do you always listen? I guess we'll never know. A fat guy in a wheelchair. What the f*** does he know? It's time to end the podcast. It's time to get some likes. Go to your computer, type it in, and you're going to win. We are out of lyrics in Boopie Jug and Hobbs. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, yeah, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Let's put this show out of its misery. Ha, 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 ha.